Hello, heroes, and welcome to the 57th episode of Campaign. I'm Kat Cool, your host. Before we get started, you might have noticed we experienced some technical difficulties last week. We've since migrated our website to a new host and should now be fully operational. If you experience any issues with the site at this point, please let us know. Thanks for bearing with us through the move. Next, for the next few weeks, while Bacta and Lenik are at Bike and Tristan Lynn are working for Cardass, both James and I are going to be GMing. Thanks to James for stepping in. I'll keep everything as clear and separate as possible with scene transitions as per usual. Finally, our show has qualified for three Star Wars Podcast Awards finalist spots. We are up for adaptation slash fanfiction and gaming, and I am up for the best fangirl host. Today and tomorrow are the last days to get your votes for the show in, so if you think we deserve any of those awards, please visit StarWarsPodcastAwards.com and vote. I'll also link to the voting survey in the show notes. Now, James and I would like to thank our outstanding Patreon backers. Joshua. Joshua. Thank you. Thank you. Neil, Neil Gibson, Gibson. Thank, thank you. you. Jim McClure. Jim McClure. Thank you, and welcome aboard. Kirby. Kirby. Thank, thank you. you. Sean Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Jim Hart. <laughs> thank you. Anthony Higginson. Thank you. Vanguard 616. Thank you. Oren Gashuri. Thank you. Thank you, Oren. Nate Newlon. Thank you. Ornate Newland. Thank you so much. Either way. Connie Giratana. Thank you. Friend David's mom. Randy. Thank you. Eli Martin. Thank you. Ann Doherty. My Aunt Anne. Nate Treese. Nate Treese. That offer is still on the table. Still on the table. It's never going away. Will Heinmarch. Thank you. Will Heinmarch. One of the great people in this world. LaVon Jahanian. Thank you. Robert Darling. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Will Dover. Thank you. Will Dower, thank you. Whoa, you are right. <laughs> Ruben Trader, thank you. And now, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Debut! With few options for trade, Tristan Valentine and Lintel Laroon turned to some of the most dangerous smugglers in the galaxy for help. Former enemies, current frenemies, George Cardas and his entrepreneurs. Operating with the most respectable of the despicable, Cardas has a veritable army of fiends. Which dubious dealer is our duo docking with? And has Cardas buried the hatchet or raised it to strike? Meanwhile, Bacta and Lenik are left on bike to explore the dealer's hall, spending their time in Grand Minoc tradition by shopping. All right, uh, so let's roll for Star Wars Fantasy Flight games. Please don't call it that. West End Games Force and Destiny. Hey, two light side. One dark side. One dark side. There we go. Use use those wisely because you don't know if you're going to need them later on in the adventure. Why did you say that like a ghost was in the room? Because <laughs> there is a ghost. Why are we looking at me? Uh, you're the GM. You're the I'm GM. not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, James is the GM right now. Okay, so I actually want to cut in on Lynn as she is going through her stuff and putting together the things that she knows are important for an adventure like this. If I need to in this scene, I'll play a forced ghost that Lynn sees. If it's appropriate, we'll, I'll jump in. If You'll know. How about I'll let you know? You'll know when I jump in. We're in the engine room uh -huh. aboard the Minoc. Zavok is probably working somewhere in the background, and Lynn is grabbing her pack. It's a leather satchel. It is brown. It's uh, heavily patched and has uh, many pockets. So she 
she's packing it full of standard things uh, that are all mundane flares mm-hmm. and food rations and rope. Uh, the the camera like sticks with her a moment as she goes into the pillow of her hammock mm-hmm. and pulls out a battered old leather bound book that's like three by five, pretty small, mm-hmm. but thick, stuffed full of odds and ends. Yeah, the, the music swells a little bit as she looks at this book. She goes to put it in her bag and then rethinks it and puts it inside of her jacket and slings the bag over her shoulder. Okay, so as we discussed, people are, might try to break onto the ship. I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, if that happens, uh, I'm going to call security and then get as far away from the situation as humanly possible. That sounds great. Or chisly possible. It just seems like it would be rude to not tell you that it was a possibility. I, I appreciate the heads up. It's just, oh boy, you people have a lot of complications. Bye. As Lintel um, walks away, the camera pans up and uh, to like the the side of the ship, and we see Qui Gon Jinn uh, shimmering <laughs> nope, there, no, nodding approvingly. <laughs> uh, and then he looks to his left and um, lights up his ghost lightsaber and runs out of frame to the left. And then uh, there's a star swipe, and then we watch um, all of Phantom Menace. <laughs> I'm contextualizing the world that we're building. I love him running off. (laughs) But it's like, this is the only spot where there's force ghosts as a parrot. One of those force ghost monsters. I hope somebody else important dies soon so I don't have to fight him alone. It's dangerous in the ethereal plane. Oh my god. So, uh, Lynn is walking off the ship with her bag slung over her shoulder. Um, And outside, I believe... Would be Triss? Well, Triss is already, um, Triss is waiting for wherever the ship is supposed to rendezvous. I, I guess is that, what does that look like? Is that like a ship dock or is that like an airport? Like, is it all enclosed? Like, what? what's the... I think it's a ship dock. And what I've seen with most of the enclosures in Star Wars is it seems to all be that force field that keeps in the atmosphere. Definitely. So it's like a hangar bay kind yeah. of type of thing. Cool. So Triss is looking for places to casually lean as he's waiting to like, to make a, the best first impression as possible. There's like a lot of trash cans of various sizes, so he's upending trash cans and setting them on their like their open mouth, and then like trying them out. He tries one that's too big. Uh, trash goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like jumps on top of it, and it doesn't look like cool or casual. Um, so he goes to like a little one by like so, like a host stand and upends that one and sits on that. But he's like squatting too much, and it looks like uncomfortable. He goes through like three or four different <laughs> trash cans. Finally, he finds one that he thinks is like just the right for like a casual, uh, you know, lean, and he brings that one back to the spot where the ship's supposed to come in and upends it and then leans on that. At once you've done that, uh, we see in the background there is a droid that looks over and freaks out, starts beeping, and just goes around the ground picking up all of the trash and trying to get them into a receptacle. At which point Lynn arrives. She looks very pensive and uh, looks Trist up and down. Did you did you pack? Did you I mean I do you brought my blasters? You don't have like you need um boots. What about a change I'm of boots. clothes? I've wearing clothes. You don't you don't have a What are we gonna be gone for a day? I thought that you said you've done bring a one suitcase. of these before. You need like one of the you've been on adventures like this? Of course. Okay, so like what what about you need like fifty feet of rope. You need like a ten foot pole. Fifty feet of rope and a ten foot pole? What look, okay. Anything 
something that I need. I will find someone who has it during the course of the adventure. I'm, I'm the I only person who's going to have it. And no? then I will take their You're gear. You're going to shoot me and take my gear. I'm not going to shoot you and take your gear. Okay? Nobody I'm else shoot... is going to have these things. There's going to be there's going to be bad guys. Okay? <sighs> okay, there's always a bad guy to take their hat or you know if the, if I need like a cool jacket, I'm sure that I'll find a guy that I can get his jacket from him. What are you worried about? Okay. I'm worried about both of us dying on this because you are unprepared. Okay, I know what this is about. You should always be prepared. It took me four or five tries to find this trash can. I didn't just pick the perfect trash can. If you want one to lean on, you're going to have to go and get one, okay? Because you're not having mine, and it's only big enough for one. Ooh. And I don't appreciate the passive-aggressive trying to make under- the fight about something that it's not about. I, I don't understand why Why do you need a trash can to lean on. It smells- when the ship comes. Oh, so you're the reason it smells here now. I mean, I didn't create the trash, if that's what you're asking. This is not my trash. You could have gotten, like, a crate. Oh, yeah, well, where am I going to get a crate and a hanger? Like, there? <laughs> Look how big those are! How am I gonna get that over here? So, like, everything in And that's our... not my crate. Can I show you something? Can I show you something? Come here. Uh, <laughs> okay, but dibs on this trash can. Okay, look. I'm look. calling shotgun on this trash can. Y- you see... Just because I'm getting off of it doesn't mean it's not gonna be... Okay, but the blue button... Okay. Press it. Yep. Oh, it's a hover crate, huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah, this is a hover one. As you're talking, (laughs) looking at that crate, music swells as a ship starts to land behind you guys. Do we notice a ship? You're probably going to turn around just as Trist knows that it's no longer going to be casual for him to move over to the trash can Uh, and get in his pose. Well, now you've ruined it. This ship is a large black ship. Uh, It's a freighter that's, I want to say, maybe three or four times the size of the Minoc. Say it, sister. It's very large. The I'm, Minoc would probably be able to dock in it. It looks like oh, probably like a suitcase or a dust buster <laughs> has it... been transformed into a ship. I love how you say that this is a real ship. This is a real ship in the Star Wars universe. It does look like a dust buster. Yeah, it looks exactly like a dust buster. But it is impressive and it looks new. There is a coat of shiny black paint on it as it comes to a nice, easy, casual landing. And its main landing ramp opens up and you start to see a big, very imposing individual walk off the ship. This person has leather armbands and like a belt full of knives and blasters at their hip. They look around a couple of ways, um, spot you guys, then a bunch of other big beefy looking gentlemen who are all like sort of dangerous looking uh, come off the ship. They've got scars. Everything about what they wear and how they act tells a story. I know captains like this. Leave the talking to me. Ah, Captain! Pleased to make your acquaintance. The name's Trist Valentine. You may have heard of me. Yeah, I'm familiar with you. Only thing is, I'm not a captain. And then walking down the on-ramp is a somewhat scrawny-looking, but tanned... 15 year old boy he's got his long he's got long black hair pulled back into a ponytail uh he's got the faint shadow of what one day will be a beard uh he does have a clever look about his face but he's dressed up in finery he's got a blue cape and a flowing white shirt on do i recognize this person you don't recognize this person at least i don't think uh you can make an underworld check this is going to be average no. And you, a threat. Yeah, like you're looking at this person like, ah, ah, I'm not quite sure on who this is. Okay. He walks down the ramp. He spots you guys and half of his mouth uh, goes up in a wry smirk. Hey, um, little guy, is your dad home? 
Very amusing. I have heard you have a legendary sense of humor, Tristan Valentine. Ooh, excuse me. You're the you're the captain of this ship. You're the okay. Yes, now. this is the wild card, and I am Talon Card. He offers his hand to you, Lynn. Lynn takes his hand and shakes it. Yep. And he tries to maneuver it into a kissing hand <laughs> oh, situation. Oh, no. I have a good deal of brawn. Yeah. Uh, I, she just and puts like, a rictus. His, yeah. His, <laughs> and you shake his hand and, like, it sets him off balance. You have quite an impressive crew for someone so young. Yes. Uh, what she means is that you're very young and the crew that you have is very impressive. Cardos is... Uh, he has a very good eye for talent. When he saw me and my skills in the field, he decided to reward them appropriately. This is my crew. We are the folks who go on missions that no one else in the entrepreneurs can handle. Cardas spoke very highly of the two of you and your skills. I can only assume you will be an asset to the organization as we go to Thlone. Certainly hope so. But before we get to all of that, I believe that there's some uh, nitty-gritty business of the deal? Of course, your payment. As agreed with Cardas, you will be paid half of it up front. Mm -hmm. And you see one thug walk down the ramp of the ship with a hover crate that, you know, is marked with uh, whatever marking that you would have for a fredonine and one scrawny looking kid who's moving that crate from the bottom he doesn't quite have the bottom so he's like moving it but very quickly he loses control of it and it like thuds on the side of the ramp everybody like freezes really quick oh god oh god i'm so sorry i'm sorry everyone i'm gonna check it now so sorry he goes over um, and looks at the damage report on the crate. Everything inside is fine, so we're okay. <laughs> wow. Do we recognize this? Oh, you do. You'd recognize this mm. kid anywhere. <clears throat> you met him back on Merkur. This is none other than Pliff. Holy cannoli. Oh, God. Pliff? Is oh, that you? God. He's, like, trying to hide his face. He looks over. Tris Valentine! <laughs> yeah. Who? Who is this? Uh... Oh, uh, Pliff, this is Lynn. Lynn, this is Pliff. Pliff and I go way back to uh, our Merker days, right, Pliff? That's right. Hey, glad to see you up and doing so well, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody likes working for Talon Card. Uh, you guys don't mind if I check out the shipment, do you? Uh, not at all. Um, Trist goes over to the uh, crate and presses the blue button. Mm -hmm. Just learn about this blue button. Makes the whole crate hover. This is how you move these, he says to everyone. I press it again and then open up the top of the uh, is crate. He, has he just been pushing crates around on the ground? Don't, yeah, I don't, don't worry about it, okay? Uh, Trist takes a uh, knife out of his boot and cuts open a package of the uh, Frediman and uh, puts a little on the edge of the knife. Trist, and that's sniffs, not how you, oh my snores, gosh. Just... <laughs> snorts a little of it. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, it's pure. This is the stuff. This is the good stuff. This is medicine for a thing. Lynn walks over to it, takes a scanner out of her bag, scans the thing. It uh, all checks out? It appear yeah, it appears to be in good order. Uh oh, yeah. That's oh, for Benzas. What's that? It's for Benzas. Yeah, this is not for... Ugh. Not not for people. Oh, it's not for people. 
looking at the uh, packaging, it, it looks like this was diverted from a Imperial medical shipment. So this is very high quality stuff, you know, and it, it can be diluted and reused in a lot of different ways in the medical and animal medical fields. So um, this is a really good shipment that you guys have. Trisp takes the medicine to the drop point or whatever, or yeah. gives it to Chuck Warsup's people, whoever are here to receive this medicine in accordance to the plan that was mm-hmm. previously yeah. determined. You see a teal Impala that looks to be like around 1994 yep. parked, <laughs> parked in the bay and there's Chuck Warsop and his buddy that he got to like do this with him. Oh gosh. Tuco Salamanca. <laughs> yeah, Tuco Salamanca. <laughs> Tuco Salamanca is like, he's the Fendian equivalent of balding. <laughs> So is that is that the angle that we're going? You're going like kind of like a bumbling idiot. We're doing that. So that they'll underestimate you. I think you. the angle that we're going is obvious and apparent. Oh, Trist. Trist, I need you to tell me what we're doing because as you said, you, you're the one who's good at the social stuff here. Look, they already said that they know us by reputation, okay? These are my people, okay? These are smugglers and criminals. I'm just, they I'm, know the tale of Trist Valentine. I'm trying to follow your lead and I don't know what it is. I'm not a leader, okay? I'm a follower who follows my own path. Okay. Okay. I'm my leader. I'm not anyone else's leader. Look, that... this is going to be easy. We just, just stick to the plan. We just stick to the plan. What's the plan? Exactly. As long as we stick to it, that's all we need. Uh, we cut over to Talon Card uh, looking at Cliff. You were the one who brought in the criminals Linic Gilo and Bacta. Is this not correct? I was not aware that you also had experience dealing with Trist Valentine. Oh, I mean Cliff? Yeah. Yeah, uh, earlier in the day, he was, he was, he was there when our party, we did report it that our party ambushed them, and then... So he escaped. Yes, that's, that's what happened. I will be relying on you, Swalk. You need to make sure that Valentine is kept in check. If you faced him once before, you must be familiar with his tricks. Um. Or should I rely on someone else? No, no, I can handle it. Yeah, okay, okay, I can do this. Thank you for the opportunity. Hmm. Cardas spoke highly of you as well. I hope that I got an accurate report. Let's cut over to Bacta and Lenik. So last we left off, you guys had just met back up. Yeah, we have a list of things that we need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So how do you want to tackle that list? Well, I think first thing first, we were going to go check on your hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is the party back together and you're not separating? Are the you guys... two of us are together. We're the holding hands. Together, <laughs> so you have no problem getting into the convention. Natch. Are you on the lookout for anything? Or... A good time. So you roll up to... It's it's pretty early. Also Ava. Well, if you're going to look for her... I mean, I'm not looking for her, but I'm keeping my eyes peeled. You keeping know what I mean? Keeping your eyes peeled, yeah. I'm not okay. actively looking then for her. Then I'm just going to occasionally ask for perception checks sure. from you that are like... The check fails, but you have two advantages. Okay. In terms of looking around the place. Oh, I find 20 bucks on the ground. (laughs) You can have 20 credits. Sweet. You get a 20 credit chip. Hey, look what I found. We just have to do that 10,000 more times. We won't have to work again. I would like to look on the ground for money. Uh, Lenik, oh, that, that was a joke. It's pretty early. I think it was, what, 8? Yeah, it's early. It's, it's like early. 8 a.m. So the hall's probably not open yet. No, the hall opens at, okay. at 8. You know, Perfect. that's the... That's early. Bike, baby. These it's are people who have things to... It only happens once a year. Well, and they also, since they all come in from all over the galaxy... What's a cycle? These are people from all over, so the jet lag is like yeah. all over the place, so it opens 
early and stays up like stays open fairly late okay and then people are expected to you know have shifts for your booth this is a professional convention so really it's a lot of people with calf and a lot of dead-eyed hungover thousand yard stares and then some people like very eagerly trying to get in before other people but seeing what new things are there you have a lot of enthusiasts out so you stroll past the art aisle with one of the sneak into bike bike booths up do that to, a little bit quicker then <laughs> up to uh the area that was like a bunch of prosthetic stuff like that there was that yeah. and it was also close to ship repair if i recall because you'd seen the guy who makes bato star yachts yeah lavalli's at her booth nursing cup of calf one of those new york cups and just playing with the data pad morning oh hey i just uh weird night last night huh yeah yeah you don't know the half of it oh, don't tell me about it all sorts of things coming to light do i not i felt like uh, it was a pretty full night last i saw you yeah yeah i just um a lot happened later on like you ruined other people's dates what Lena, what did you do? Was she one of your tables? Yes. Yeah, I was. I'm sorry. Miss, he, he is not an, like, any sort of service professional or anything like that. He likes to concoct these plans and they, it wasn't quite fully I'm, baked and I I'm, apologize. Yeah, I know, but I thought that was your friend. I figured that was your friend. Is it, that not? Was that, was that you? Was that your plan? Who can say at this point? Yeah, plans uh, are a little bit collaborative. I'm sorry, I don't think we've met. Hi, I'm Lavalle Lithros. Nice to meet you, Oliver Queen. Do you want to roll me a bluff on that? It was average before, and now one of them's upgraded. Oh, okay, instead of having black dice? No, because she has personally leveled up. But you also have a black die, because oh. she doesn't <clears throat> trust your party. Uh, that's a big nope. That's the nopest nope. You just see... The light go out of her eyes. What's your real name? Okay. No, you know what? I know already. You're... She looks around. Back to... Lenik, you can't do this. You can't just tell everybody your name. You shouldn't... You shouldn't call him that when you're here. Oh, I'm sorry. Did the person who just called me by my real hey, name think I, I should not do that? I whispered. I whispered. Guys, and it's your guy's friend's fault in the first place. I would like to apologize to you on behalf of Tristan Valentine. Well, I mean... Not accepted oh, for yourself. I, okay, that's I, fine. Of course, he had something to do with this. What? What? What did they do? It was a. I don't. I don't even know. He was on two dates at once. Is that what was happening again? But he decided to do that again. Let me tell. Let me. Let me explain to you. Oh, it's like the siren's call with him. He has to do it everywhere we go. It's. It's a good bit. And and uh, to to you, I'll, I'll say, his date with you was real. His other date, he dressed as a woman Look, to get information out of someone. I don't... But he, he really did want to be on a real date with you. You were the real date. The other one was a fake date. I don't... With a man. ...care at this point. I don't care. I don't care. That's... I agreed to do this job, and I'm going to do it. I'm so sorry. I, I, tru I truly am very sorry. I believe you. Thank you. It, it, oh, I don't even know anything about this situation, but I'm sorry on behalf of the whole thing. That's fine. So long as you have the, the 30 thou, we should be fine. Yeah. Yeah, we have it. Yeah, of course we do. Well, I've done up the design so you can approve it and then half now and then half upon delivery of the arm. Oh, can I see? Yeah. She brings it up and uh, I love that because it's a, uh, you know, she plinks around on a data pad and then a oh. hollow pops up in front of you. That's like, can, can that you can put your arm into oh. it. Oh. Dang. Yeah. To, to look like what oh, it looks I can, like. I can like uh -huh. make it 
do, do absolutely oh you can. Oh my god! So you, it looks like you have an arm made out of light. What's it look like? I think so. So it's definitely robotic-y looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's basically Anakin's at the end of that's episode cool. two. Well, I mean, she. If you look at her, you guys knew that she had prosthetics. They like look good, you know, and they're they're matching. But she's left parts of them intentionally exposed uh, to advertise, etc. So it's like Anakin's, but it's like white instead of Ooh. you know instead of metal or black looking. It's got long Rodian fingers. Too. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it, it looks like a Rodian arm, but and like, like a skeleton, skeleton, like a Rodian skeleton arm, mm-hmm. and the little suction cups, the like mechanical suction cups. Um, I have a. Do you like a, it? I love it. I I love it. Really? Can I ask to maybe add a few modifications? I mean, depending. Can I have a repulsor fist? I wanna I wanna hurt people. What uh, is it? Isn't didn't I get punched up by a repulsor fist? Didn't I? That's the same thing as the assassin who went after you. Is it? I feel like you know. It's uh, hard to it's hard to remember. Well, I, I mean, like, yeah. I, if I swap out these motors, and she just like starts pulling things oh, out. Oh, that's and, so cool. Um, the model for repulsors that I have are these, and she like chunks them in, and they look. What do you want it to look like? Because I think it looks a little clunkier than that right now. So I think the the original one was. Almost, it, it just was like, like a skeleton. Well, you're pretty petite, you know, <clears throat> Thank so you. I think it like you know it it very smoothly matched the rest of your frame. I I think that the 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 forearm. So the other one was sort of skeletal and and thin. I think this one is more of just a thick. Instead of looking like bones, it just looks like what kind of an arm would look like, uh-huh. but just pure metal. So it's it's like less elegant and just sort of like a almost a, just a hunk of metal. Yeah, but with some. Sort of exposed wires, and I think that the the repulsor thing has to pop out. Yeah, it like pops out, and it's a little like engine. And she indicates that, um, which might it might be a little imbalanced, but a lot of the people who get repulsors don't care because they're just looking to to hurt people. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, I can work that in. That's not that. Is that is that all you're looking for? Repulsor fist? Yeah, that's all I want. Okay, uh, I mean, I should be able to have this ready for you. I think if nothing, I mean, depending on how it goes right now, I have I have like two legs ahead of you in terms of actually making them but i think i might be able to get to it tonight um if not tonight then the night after that's fantastic and one more thing could you um could you sign it you know like engrave i don't know if you do that normally i do yeah I don't know, actually, because uh, I have very little confidence that you guys aren't going to be picked up by the Empire at some point soon. Oh, don't worry. That's never happened to us before. And I don't want to be interrogated by them for work that I did for you after one of them recently cut off. You got, yeah, I'm happy to do the work, but it would be better for me if it's not advertised that it's mine. That's fair. Well, I... That's fair. But if anyone asks who is a good... If anyone is looking to get a hand done, I'll tell them it was you unless they're a bad guy. That's sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Um, This means a lot and you're really going to help me out. That's why I do this. Yeah, that's why I do this. Let's cut over to see how Lynn and Trist are doing. You're you're watching Chuck loading up the the Afredanine into the back of his Impala. All right. Well, there's more where that came from. Good luck, Chuck. Yeah, and other, other shipments are coming? There should be another, yeah, when we get back. Maybe tomorrow. Okay, I'll talk to you then. All right. You... Hey, thank you for this. It's really going to help. Hey, it will help. But you know what's going to help even more? You helping yourself. You know what I'm saying? Love of your life. I got it. Yep. Gonna be... I'm talking about your ex-wife. I understand. <laughs> gotcha. This is going to heal your marriage. We're on the same page. We talked before. Many people use this medicine to heal banthas, but it will also heal your marriage. 
Yeah, Tuco gets it. <laughs> Tuco, exactly. Chuck, yeah. did you pick up on that as well? I, I'd like everyone to stop talking about Chuck, this. As your best man, I just want you to know you two were made to be together. It just seems like maybe we should all leave off of Chuck. He's doing he's he's doing pretty good. And he looks hey, pretty he's uncomfortable. given up enough in his life. He's working a dead end job all right, all right, that's going we nowhere. We don't want to get Tuco too mad. Okay, Tuco, we're just gosh. we're just let's, everybody calm down off of that. You good luck, Chuck. Uh, Lynn, let's, let's, the plan, okay? Remember, stick to the plan. Good luck, Chuck. Uh, so Lynn and I, um, head back to, uh, uh, Talon Card's ship. My, oh my, this is a mighty fine looking ship. I appreciate your taste in space vehicles. Oh, I have a uh, very refined palate when it comes to a fine piece of machinery like this. Yes, I had it specially designed to suit our needs. I wanted to travel to some of the most exotic locations in the universe, but still retain a sense of style. (laughs) I think it's very important for a captain to know his style. This is what I'm saying. This is my point. This is this is what I'm. This is the guy. I'm I'm loving this. Can I call you Talon? Yes, of course. I would Mr. love it Valentine. if you called me Trist. I would love it if you called me Trist. Trist, it is decided. All right, how about a tour of this bad boy, huh? Absolutely. Huh? Land um, a tour? Sure. Yeah, we're into it. He guides you up the ramp of the wild card, and you're struck by how finished this ship looks. Uh, a lot of ships have exposed support systems. Mm-hmm. This ship has refinement that you have not seen in almost any other ship that you've been on. Huh. Even high-grade military ships have some bit of rough edges because they're just trying to produce them and get them out of the door. This is finished almost like the home of someone who is very wealthy. There are marble floors um, as soon as you walk inside. Marble, not as expensive in Star Wars because there are planets everywhere. But, you know, you still have to go through the work of getting that put in. You enter into a main lobby area of this ship. There is an art artificial fireplace and stark leather couches at the end and uh, some sort of animal fur carpeting. There are a few thugs that are lying about the ship and one person standing in front of the fireplace. You mean uh, telling lies about the ship, correct? Yes. Got yes, it. lying about the ship. <laughs> this ship's the fastest ship in the galaxy. This ship is red. <laughs> <laughs> Just blatantly lying. You can they're tell. Practicing. They're practicing. These are they're all practicing. lies, but it's good that they're practicing. <laughs> but there is one person in particular standing in front of the fireplace. Uh, they appear to be sharpening a knife. It is a young woman who has her hair pulled back into a tight ponytail. All of her clothing is very practical and easy to move in, and she appears to be well-armed. She turns around, and you see her backlit by the fire, and some of the fire is still dancing and reflecting in her eyes as she looks at you, Trist, and her eyes narrow. Trist Valentine. Talon, is this a butler? Do you have a butler on this ship? Do you see? Are you seriously doing this right now? And Pliff, like, does a not run, but a fast walk over to her. And he puts, you know, like a hand on her shoulder and on, on her arm. And he looks really uncertain about whether he's allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, he tries to calm her down, but she brushes forward. Valentine. We might have to work together on this mission, but I don't... Hold on. I know you from somewhere. Oh, my God. Where is this? Is this the canteen on Tatooine? 
My name is uh, Lintel Laroon. I am part I owe of you an apology. This man's crew. It wasn't You're that halfway I there. never called. It was that my phone broke. She slaps you. That's it. It was a broken phone. That's uh, a rational reaction to most of the things that happen or what he does to people. It's okay. It happens to everyone. Hi, my name is Lynn. Hi, I'm Jane. It's nice to meet you. Nice to Jane. meet you. Jane. From Merker. And you see Pliff mouthing it behind her. <laughs> From Merker. Yes. Oh, my. Jane. Okay. Okay. I rescind my apology. That was meant for someone else. <laughs> Slaps your other cheek. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Way out of line. First of all, Jane and I go way back. I bested her in a gun battle. Um, Kind of, you know, won the day. Left her for dead. Haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you again. So, as I was saying, I don't like that we're working together again. You just make sure that you keep him in line, Lynn. Okay? Okay. Yikes. I'm going to be watching you. If you move even one foot out of line, I'm going to take you down. And everybody else on the ship goes, Oh! <laughs> All right, guys. It's, Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and well, they, a, like, clap as she walks out of the it's room. It's a pretty good burn. It was a good one. She has a good line. She used a good line on me. Is there anyone else that we're going to run into that's going to react like this to you? I don't know. I'm so Trish Valentine. Two pretty dramatic responses. I should have looked at a Talon when I say that. You live up to your reputation, Mr. Valentine. That's what a reputation is, my friend. Now, I believe that there was a talk of a tour of this magnificent specimen of a spaceship. Yes, this is our sitting room. This is where we do planning for most of our missions. Uh, we are still uh, sorting through the data that we have received from Cardas, trying to separate fact from rumor <laughs> as he says that a hologram pops up in the middle of the room that is the planet flown uh there's a lot of data and arabesh around it you can't read it because there's too much data <laughs> Right now, the computer system, somebody is sorting through things that can be verified by multiple sources to get together a complete story of what's going on on the surface of the planet. He says, uh, please follow me. So you're led into the hallway of the wild card. You can see that the halls are finished in a sort of curved fashion. Hmm. And it's... All of the doors look very flush and neat. One of them opens up. Another thuggish-looking person walks out. I have a question. Mm -hmm. So so Lynn's been keeping track of personnel, trying mm -hmm. to get an idea of what the crew size here is. What are we looking at so far? So I'm going to say you were met on the dock by around eight people. Inside, there were three more lounging on the couches and Jane. And, Jane. and now there's this person who's walked out of one of the rooms. Thirteen so far. This thug walks out of this room and it strikes you, Lynn, that you almost did not recognize that there was a door there. Oh, um, okay. It's just done very flush and seamless with the wall. I have a very particular sense of design, and it took a long time to find a ship architect who was willing to bring my vision to life. But the wild card, I believe, is the ultimate smuggling ship. It will serve the entrepreneurs well in our quest to conquer the shipping lanes of the galaxy. Certainly an impressive design. A mix of style and functionality like that I have never seen before. I, I applaud you, Captain. Truly a marvelous ship. 
Mr. Valentine, you flatter too much. Hey, game respects game. Well, I must show you the crown jewel of the wild card. And uh, the wall in front of you opens up. You Do we reach like the end of a hall or is it just It's sort of part? like a it's like a rectangular tube that you're walking in mm-hmm. that all these rooms are jutting off from. And he casually steps forward. It looks as though he might walk into a wall, but a door very quickly opens up in front of him. And you see a control room. Uh, There is somebody sitting in the pilot's seat, in the co-pilot's chair, and a very luxurious-looking pilot's seat, as well as weapon stations, are set around the main cockpit area. Just like the rest of the ship, it's, it's decorated for style over substance. Uh, Usually there are a lot of buttons and vital controls that will be put right out in the open for cockpits, but the wild card appears to have done away with all of the fuss and busyness and is focused on a few key buttons that you absolutely need at the ready and everything else is hidden on these smooth panels on the wall. Trist kind of like lets out a soft coo. Ooh. Yes, this is the cockpit to the wild card. Is there a pilot sitting in the pilot's chair right now? No, the pilot's chair is empty right now. Trist like goes over to the pilot's chair. Do you mind? Be my guest, Mr. Valentine. He like feels like the outline of the chair. Is it a swivel? Yes. Yeah, he like swivels it around to like test the the weight and the counterbalance of it uh, before he sits down. He runs his fingers across the upholstery. Is this Corinthian panther leather that I feel? (laughs) Corinthian? Only. <laughs> what's a, what's a, what? It is Corinthian bantha belly leather. Oh, cured? It was cured by one of the <laughs> finest tanners. Uh, Trist, uh, like, su- supporting on his arms, like, grabs the sides of the chair and pushes himself up so he's just, like, hovering over sitting and then slowly lowers himself. It's a, like, long, <laughs> deliberate process into the chair. Oh, this is space flight. This is what flying in space was meant to be. Oh, this is a cool chair. Oh, Lynn, we need to get a chair like this. We do not need to get Lynn, a chair like this. we need this to get a chair in this. Because we... Will you tell Lynn where you got this? We tell her the name of the guy? Because we need to on call the guy and get him to make us a chair like this. Accomplishing missions effectively. This is a nice chair. Whereas this, this ship is uh, luxurious in a totally unnecessary and ostentatious way. I can assure you, Miss... Laroon. Her name is Miss Laroon. Miss, emphasis on. I can assure you, Miss Laroon, that this ship is exactly designed for the sorts of environments that we will be exploring. It just brings an element of style to that design as well. I don't see reason to sacrifice style simply to give the air of functionality. I have all the functionality I need. So your crew is seasoned in extractions and of artifacts, uh, exploring ruins, this sort of thing. This is far from our first departure, Miss Laroon. I can assure you all of my men have been handpicked by one of the greatest smugglers ever to grace the galaxy. We have extracted several artifacts before, and I believe we will do several more after. You are talking about yourself, sir, or Cardas? <clears throat> Talon, I want to apologize for the uh, abrasiveness of my cohort. I mean... She would be more at home on a ship that was, you know, built of 50-foot lengths of rope and poles. But this truly is a masterful smuggling ship and will probably be exactly what we need. 
in our current endeavor. But she does bring up a good point. Now, Lynn is a specialist in this planet. She has the awareness and knowledge that we are going to need down there. So if she has recommendations, it's my recommendation that we listen to her. Well, then perhaps you could speak to the person I have appointed to be in charge of the research team. That sounds fantastic. Who Who is in charge? Jane. Ah, okay. Great. She might be temperamental, but she is very good at what she does. Ah, she seems to at least have decent taste. Where would I be able to find her? Uh, that's her room. It, it is the third door on the left in the hallway. Ye careful, I can't miss it. Okay. Uh, you're good? Oh, I'm good. I get, I, gotta, I gotta get up out of this chair, though. I can't, I can't be in this chair anymore. It's just, I can't, I literally can't, I just can't even right now. I can't be in this chair right now. Uh, he, <laughs> card walks over to you, places a hand on your shoulder. Would you like to take off? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna, <laughs> I think I'm gonna just hang out here for a minute. Just. <laughs> All right, let's cut over to Bacta and Lenik. So, Lenik, oh, in the army, it's what we would call a red flag. If someone in your unit says that they enjoy hurting people. I never said I enjoy it. I said I want it to. You want to. Okay, is this a revenge thing? If this is about revenge, I honestly think that's fine. I've dedicated my, you know, life to revenge. I just want to know that that's what it is. Because also, didn't bring this up at the time, but you stabbed through the chest one of the volunteers who works at the convention. And I'll know it was a tense moment and that you were just fighting a big monster, but that's also a red flag. Um, I guess it's a good thing uh, we're not in the army. Okay. Uh, buddy, uh, this is not a thing where I'm trying to say you're in trouble. I think you're in trouble in a cosmic sense in that right now you're going through a very hard time in your life and there are certain decisions that you can make at a time like that and I don't want to have any of them be overly self-destructive. For the first time in a long time, I don't think I'm in trouble. Roll me a two red perception. Jeez. That is cheesy beats. What is wrong with me? Well, you succeeded, though. Yeah, that's two successes and a despair. despair. Cool. (laughs) It's incredible. Do you have any advantages or anything coming out of that? No, two successes. It is at that point that you are going by, like, the antiques section. Mm -hmm. And the antiques section is, like, a lot of weird weaponry. The sort of thing that people like Lynn might come to a a place to sell. Back to sort of on the lookout for uh, training sabers. Oh, interesting. And there are lots of different little... Kids like Hi-Li, toy scoops, spray-painted silver. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, yes! There's, like, an easy-bake oven that has a Teddy Rex bin attached to... The top. Um, an espresso machine. <laughs> These are weird. Good. Trash cans. Oh, so many good things. Like five Furbies. Like a whole booth. Well, of Furbies. skinless Furbies. Oh. Uh huh. So down the line, uh, you see a booth that's dedicated to uh, hollow records, mm-hmm. which are like old newspapers and books, more or less. But as most things are, hollow form. And there's like a, like a one of those microfilm type things set up to scroll through some of the older records. And Ava is leaning over it, scrolling through a thing, looking preoccupied. Mm. Um, Bacta, can, can you excuse me for a second? Uh, Bacta, who was idly playing with his communicator, goes, uh, yeah, sure, you you go take care of you, and I'll be here. I'll be here. Sure. Just doing the normal Bacta things. I don't fully know what that entails, and I, I'm okay with that. 
Good, good. I'm okay with it, too. So I think the camera follows Bacta for a few seconds <laughs> sure, as Lenik sure. heads off. So <laughs> what are you getting up to? Bacta pulls up Jeezel's contact on his Ooh. communicator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just sort of, he's staring at the number uh-huh. right now. And he's like the trying number, to... The frequency, the frequency. Whatever this is. It, you know what? It still operates by numbers. <laughs> I doubt, I doubt very much it doesn't operate by numbers. It could be like, um, what are those things? Those pictures that you scan? Those QR code? QR yeah. code. Uh, of course, it's a QR Everyone code. Everyone got a sucks. QR code. <laughs> but it's like a Star Wars QR code, so it's like hexagonal yeah. or something like that. Yeah, they're all fractal. Um, he's like looking at it, and he's like about to push the call, and his like finger is hovering over the button, and like there's a shot where you can see the glowing reflection of the communicator's display in his eyes. End of episode. Now, how about a Dear Minoc letter? Dear Trist, I find myself feeling lost in life without direction. My life is great. I've got a job to bring home credits, a few younglings at home, but I feel like I need something more in the world. What makes you feel satisfied in life? What are your goals? And what happens to make you feel like everything is worth it after all? Yours, Listless on Lethal. Wow. Wow. I mean, uh, okay, I guess we can break that down. They mentioned things that they have. They have a job. Um, got a job. They've got kids and yep. they have credits. Uh, those are three very boring things uh, that I think any complete life could probably do without. Yeah. Um, a, like, Buddy. you know, you say you have credits, but like you didn't describe any of the cool stuff that you've bought. Like what? You know, if you have credits, you should be buying cool junk and cool gear. If you, I mean, what's this? Is it sitting in a bank account somewhere? Are you saving for retirement, you know? Banks aren't safe. Exactly. Banks are not safe because we are fugitives. Right. But for normal people, banks are safe. But but I I don't think that's true. That's not what Uncle Trish said. He said that banks will take your money. And And they invest it in sometimes very dangerous, risky ventures, okay? Yeah, but that's incredibly rare. And, and the EDIC backs all of the banks. So if that situation does come up, you covered up to a hundred thousand credits of held, held assets. So you're fine. Either but, way. But the, what if the moon syndicate fails? The moon standard, you mean? Yes. Yeah. If we go off the moon standard, then, you know, all money is devalued. We're not on a moon standard. Everything is based on a single galactic credit. No, all I, I'm, I'm saying is that those credits can rapidly devalue, but if you invest, in cool gear like blasters, grenades, and kimonos, your life will be a lot more fulfilled, okay? There's no point in having all this. What are you doing? Taking your money and you're putting your credits in another credit pile so you can use your credits to buy credits for school. No, it's all it's all a lie. It's, you know, it's, it's all it's all uh, an illusion. You should be using your credits to buy cool stuff. Not for your kids, okay? Because those are little leeches that will suck credits out of yeah, you for 18... Yeah, you should give them stuff, though. You know what? Children don't know what's expensive and what's not expensive. You see, buddy? You, you can see. give them wooden blocks to play with. What that's very cost-effective. Well, but wooden blocks are fine. And see? I'm just saying it depends. It depends. You know, you should, you should just give them things. It sounds to me like this person is generally unhappy with their circumstances. And, well, I don't believe that they'll be able to fill that gap with 
possessions and just spending their credits on things, perhaps they could look for a different line of work. I mean, if you're already in a good job that's providing you a good income and you're on a planet like Lothal, you can probably find another line of work that uh, pleases you as much. Back to this is why people don't write you letters, okay? They wrote the letter to me. Here's my advice. Buy the fastest, coolest, sleekest ship that you can buy. Fill it with as much guns and ammunition as you can. Start taking smuggling jobs, okay? No, they'll the, die. What? That sounds fun. No, brother, that's how you live, that's okay? That's what we do. That's what we do. This person is probably a 45-year-old accounts manager Ugh. at some some lumber yard on Lothal. There's no way they're going to be able to go out and smuggle the next day. It's a miracle that you survived this long. Okay, well, then I will rephrase. If that is your life, do everything that I've said except... Give it to your kids. Your life is over. What you have done is wasted it, okay? But your children, they still have a chance to be cool and live interesting lives. Yeah, and then, and then, and then they'll probably take you with them so that you'll just be on the ship and be boring while they'll be cool. No, no, no. You go back to your lumber office, you cut down a tree, and you start building a coffin. Then you lay in it and wait, okay? Because your life is done. It is now your children's job to do cool, interesting stuff with guns in space. Maybe also talk to someone. Don't write to a dangerous space criminal that you barely know for advice. Seek professional guidance. There are a lot of counselors and major planets like Lethal. No, because counselors, they just tell you lies and they just, they write nonsense. The only person this that's a ringest <laughs> thing. That's not true. That's absolutely true. If you want to talk, talk to the tomb worms that will be eating your face as you lie in your grave. Your life is over. Let's make the future start now. Let's make space great again. Trist 26 2016. 2016? Yeah. That's how. That's the the maximum amount of campaign donation you can get from an individual donator. It's 2016 (laughs) credits. Everyone knows this. Okay. You're fired. (laughs) You're fired. I feel like you're getting a lot of bad advice here, and maybe this should be your wake-up call. You're looking in the wrong places for assurances. You should be going to your family. You should be talking to your wife. You didn't mention a wife in your letter. Perhaps it's time to go out get go out there and start dating again, you know? You, you might want to meet somebody new. Just because you have kids doesn't mean it's impossible to meet someone new. If you're dissatisfied with your life, take a look at things and see how you can change them. Don't feel tripped. I feel like Tristan and I agree on that. He just has a wildly different vision. You know, me and my opponent, we we obviously don't agree on this, okay? Uh, he wants to take care of all the losers and the, the, you know, the welfare cases in this world. But, you know, I'm a winner. I've always been a winner. And I'm about business, okay? Trist 2016, uh, let's make space great again. You're fired. You're a loser. What's your plan to deal with the Empire? Eh, eh, the Empire Empire is great. You know, we love the Empire, okay? When I get into the office, you know, no more Empire. All my okay. empire. It's gonna be my empire, That's no one else's. What did you do to Uncle Triss? Yo, know, you know what? Tr- I'm making Trist great again, okay? This is the Uncle Triss that America needs right now, okay? In 2016, the, the land of the free. <laughs> You know, build a wall, okay? <laughs> no more trading with China. We're shutting it all down. What's China? All right, we're not gonna let <laughs> we're not gonna let any foreigners into this country. All right, let's listen to Thor. I think we've all got a lot of personal work to do. Thank you for writing your letter. Something's wrong with Uncle Trist. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Campaign. The Curve of the Minoc will be back again next Wednesday. Before I leave you, first let me tell you about one of our affiliates. 
Blurry Photos humorously sheds light on the shadowy topics of the world, from cryptozoology and the paranormal to conspiracies and the unexplained. David and David want you to learn something weird. The Campaign Podcast is a one-shot podcast network production and a joint presentation by Paracosm Press and Peaches and Hot Sauce. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with great videos, podcasts, and live shows for you to enjoy at peachesandhotsauce.com. The Star Wars Edge of the Empire role-playing game belongs to Lucas Books and Fantasy Flight Games. Finally, all music on the show is performed by the Snowdens of yesteryear. Until next time, peace is a lie. There is only passion. (laughs) 